0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We're live. You know, if you listeners only knew of what went on behind the scenes of the Ben Jarofsky show. <laughs> ben was eating a sandwich before the program. And, well, I've never seen anyone eat a sandwich like Ben Jarofsky. He gets into eating that sandwich. Oh, dude. <laughs> Avocado and that? cheese, I'm assuming? No, there's no avocado. I don't
1: think there's any avocado in it. It's oh. got like all these peppers in it. Oh, I, I'm just going to burst in the song. Santa Lucia! <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> all right, sandwich down for about two hours, all right?
1: Uh, there's still like a quarter chunk of it, but you know what? This is called Focus,
0: Dedication, and... I will hold off Yeah, we need, yeah, yeah. we need you to be a pro here We got things like song of the day coming up um, A lot of professional things coming up here So please, be a pro Put down the sandwich for about wait, two wait, hours
1: Hold what? on, don't you remember pre-show prep? We're going to temporarily play song
0: of the day With sandwich of the day <laughs> That is <laughs> not <delicious>. true, <laughs> listeners, that's not true hmm. I think you only know like two or three sandwiches So All right, your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, February 18th. It's just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the following sponsors for sponsoring our show. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. That is correct. The Chicago Federation of Labor sponsors. That is correct. And this show would not be possible without the Chicago Reader. Reader ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe. Check out Ben's columns. Uh, for all things there is to know about the city of Chicago, what to do, where to go. Uh, something I'm sure they got something about dibs in the uh, Chicago Reader as well. All <laughs> things the city of Chicago. Check it out, chicagoreader.com. And the Chicago Reader has a special release coming out soon for those who like the Ben Jarovsky show and just can't get enough of our host, Ben Jorofsky. Ben Jorofsky has a greatest hits book coming out from the Chicago Reader. For more information on that, check out chicagoreader.com slash J-O-R-A V as in victory is what his beloved Bulls will do sometime I don't know when they play again oh they won did they win don't act like you didn't know
1: don't act like you weren't jumping up and down and saying go Bulls go let me hear
0: you don't act like that yes they won (laughs) J-O-R-A-V-S-K-Y also you can become a bin head that's right that's what we're going to call fans of the show bin heads you guys cool with that no, well, we're doing it anyway. Binheads, subscribe, become a binhead, support the Ben Jarovsky show. For more information, chicagoreader.com forward slash or backslash, just the slash, all right? Jarofsky, J O R A V is in victory S K Y. All right. Now to our song of the day. We got. Uh, uh, oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> That's it, guys. No. Uh, our dear friend, Patrick. At Rod, we call him. He reached out to us this morning. Uh, He sent the headline of uh, Madigan. He's resigning again, again. (laughs) Mad dog. But above that, he just sent me like a screenshot of his phone. Uh, He sent me that. That news was at the bottom, the Madigan news. But above that was just his playlist uh, on Spotify, and it was Aerosmith. Ooh, so, ooh, this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: This way. I'll oh, give me a kiss. Wow, wow, wow.
0: That is an Aerosmith song, but that is not your Aerosmith song of the day, sir. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Jump yeah. in the gun. Jump in the gun. Uh I'm not sure if you know this song or not, but your song of the day request comes from Pat Rod an early request this morning, Love in an Elevator from Aerosmith. Oh, that's the one that goes love in an elevator. Oh, he does not know like the song
1: going up and down. Wow, 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 wow. Isn't
0: Slash the guitarist for uh Aerosmith? Oh, my or is god, it flea? no, Which no one? neither, neither <laughs> flea plays the bass. Oh, Steve Perry, I believe, is the guy's name, is, isn't it? Or is that the guy from Journey? I, Joe I Perry, Joe, Joe Perry, Joe Perry is the uh, guitarist from Aerosmith, not Steve Perry, Joe Perry. Who's, Who's slash the guitarist for? Guns and Roses. Okay, you sang about three songs, so let's just start it. The bindrowski Show starts now. <laughs> it is Thursday, February 18th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, Chicago Sun-Times writer, Manny Ramos. And now your host, find him at the next Guns N' Roses concert. (laughs) Whenever this whole pandemic's over. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky.
1: Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Cuomo's Emmy Thursday. And here's why. I'll tell you why. Because the Emmy people gave New York Governor Andrew Cuomo an Emmy. That's why for all those heartwarming briefings he was making in the early days of the pandemic. Now it turns out he's like a Trump like political thug, concealing records of deaths in nursing homes so his administration won't look bad. He's on the phone with Ron Kim, a legislator from the Queens, threatening him like Trump. Hey, trust me, I'll ruin you. Huh? Huh? You little pipsqueak. Huh? <laughs> hey, come on, Dems. You can't criticize Trump for acting like a gangster with senators and congressmen and then just kind of look the other way when Governor Cuomo does it or when Mayor Lori Lightfoot does it. What is it about Dems where they always feel compelled to prove how tough they are by picking on the most vulnerable people? I mean, I give Trump this. At least he's like going after Mitch McConnell, the most powerful Republican in the Senate. Okay, at least he starts at the top. Dem's always like, who is the most vulnerable, weakest person I can pick on to make myself look tough? Rom closing mental health clinics in poor neighborhoods. That'll show them how tough I am. Mary-Lori Lightfoot, going after Ray Lowe and Jeanette Taylor. And now Cuomo, threatening obscure New York state reps or assemblymen, whatever they call them. Or I can hear my damn friends. Oh, but Ben, he gave those heartwarming briefings that encouraged the Emmy people to give him that Emmy. Hey, yeah, I told you not yeah, to talk yeah.
0: about our phone call earlier this morning. What? That was me. I was telling, told you not to talk about that today. <laughs> yes, Dennis loved
1: the briefings. It is true, folks. Let the cat out of the bag. Every day back in April, I'm called Dennis. Dennis, we got to get to work. Pre-show breath. No, no, no. I gotta watch Andrew Cuomo give another briefing oh heartwarming briefings that encouraged the Emmy people to give him that Emmy and forced me to say nice things about him, even though all my lefty friends were warning me, Ben, don't do it, Ben, don't fall for it, Ben, he's Rom with a New York accent. And I'd be like, I know, I know, but I can't help it. I love when he talks about his mother and when he talks about the conversations he had with his teenage daughter. Oh, Andrew, Andrew, I'm butter, I'm melting, I'm an Eminem, I'm melting. Thing is, I knew better. Years and years ago, many, many years ago, I had a friend who worked for Daddy Cuomo, that's Mario Cuomo, the former governor, that would be Andrew's father, and he told me, man, you wouldn't believe what a schmuck Andrew Cuomo was, even then, but he was 37 years old, like, uh, Daddy's boy, got the job, you know, top aide, bullying everyone around. And then I watched his career as governor of New York. And it was like a typical Dem thing. He was like always fighting with the teachers union. We need more charters, more charters. And the teachers union would say, but you're killing our union. And he would say, oh, it's the kids. The kids matter. Proving that no Dem ever cares so much about the kids as when he's sticking it to the teachers union. And I have a hunch based on things I've read and people I've talked to that he was taking that hard stance on the union and Promoting charters to suck up to Rupert Murdoch, who hates the teachers' union in the hopes that he would get good coverage in Rupert Murdoch's New York Post. Ah, But those press briefings, I believe he may have talked about his dog at one point. I'm not sure. Maybe mixing him up with Richard Nixon. I, I, one of them was always talking about his dog. Oh, I love my dog. I love my mom. I love my brother. I love my father. Oh, I should have known better. I remember the 2018 Democratic primary against Cynthia Nixon. She endorsed the legalization of reefer for no other reason than to raise money to fund government and to end the needless war on drugs that was crippling so many communities. And he was like, no, it's too dangerous. Law and order. Oh, gateway drug. Even if half his cabinet is probably smoking it at any given time. She got walloped. And I mourned. And yet, when he gave those briefings, I'd be telling lefties, oh... Let's not be so hard on him. He's so sweet. He loves his brother. By the way, his brother, the CNN dude, wouldn't even report on the scandal that's emerging in New York City. Wouldn't report that New York was accused of burying numbers of people who died in nursing homes because they didn't want to look bad. Well, news? I don't see that news. I'm going to talk more about Trump. Give you a little secret, folks, about Dems and uh, Demi uh, media operations. You're free to say whatever you want to say bad about Donnie Trump, but if you go after a Dem, oh boy, there's trouble there. Anyway, now the Democrats in New York are trying to strip Governor Cuomo of his control of nearly every facet of the state's response to the virus. I say good, about time. They shouldn't have given it to him in the first place. About the only thing Darren Big Boy Bailey and the rest of the Republicans have gotten right about the pandemic is that it does not warrant turning our governors and mayors into emperors. That is correct. <laughs> Excellent timing, young man. Excellent timing. Hate to tell you this, New York, but you should have elected Cynthia Nixon. As for you, Emmy people, take back that Emmy. We got a great show today, everybody. <laughs> Manny Ramos, Sun-Times reporter. They should give him an Emmy. I'll tell you what. We'll cut a deal. Take that Emmy back from Cuomo from those crocodile tears and give it to Manny Ramos.
0: Well, screw all of them. Give them to us. We want one. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, I'm going to do my Cuomo imitation. Uh-oh. Uh, love my daughter. Love my mother. Uh,
0: <laughs> and if you cross me, I'll break your little neck. Ben, put you put your nipple rings on, then do the Cuomo. That'll be a better <laughs> Cuomo impression. Uh... I could do, I could do his father. Oh, uh, Oh, <laughs> uh. how about his brother, Chris Cuomo? Oh, this is terrible. What Donald Trump has done is terrible. Things
1: are happening in New York, but I'm not going to report on them. Cause that would be my brother. <laughs> you won't report about it. I don't, you listen, man, I get it. Yeah. I kind of get it. Come on, this brother, you know what I mean? but at least like say you know some bad things are happening in new york but i feel really torn because my brother's the governor and it kind of shines a bad light on him so i'm going to turn things over to my esteemed colleague i don't know whatever his colleague dr d no you're my you're my doctor p you know whoever his colleague is and let dr p do it you know like if i don't have a brother d but let's say i had a brother who was governor of illinois and he was really screwing up i'd be like d i can't i can't it's my brother i still Go for bike rides with the guy and watch Porky. You, you uh together, you, you, you talk about him.
0: Porky, oh, Porky the pig? <laughs> no,
1: love, oh God. I realize I just showed how old I am. Forget it.
0: Porky's, the, the 80s uh, yes. movies? Oh, okay. Porky's. Oh,
1: don't act like you didn't watch it for the 100th time last night. Uh, <laughs> last night I called D to do some post-show planning discussion. He goes, Ben, I can't uh, interrupt Porky's is on right now. and um, This
0: is my favorite scene where they look through the little hole. Wait, who would have thought a podcast in the year 2021 would reference the movie Porky's?
1: <laughs> you know the Cuomo boys loved it? Back in the day, oh, you Dems, you you got some heck of politicians you elect. Oh, my goodness, the Dems, I'm tough. I'll crush that little New York assembly man man like an ant. Oh, a lot of table bangs today. (laughs) I guess feeling my inner Andrew Cuomo, you know what I'm saying? Turns out he was covering up deaths and nursing homes because he didn't want to look bad in his fight with the Trump White House. I don't know. Why don't you worry about the deaths in the nursing homes? You know what I'm saying? It's like, stop worrying about how you look in the fight with Trump. That's just fight, you know. This this country's so divided politically. Everything's a fight. The pandemic's a fight. Who's doing well? Who's doing poorly? God, it seems like ancient history when Obama and Chris Christie took that walk. On the shoreline of New Jersey. And all the Republicans were mad at Chris Christie because it was helping Obama's re-election plan. And Obama's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, hey, the payback was this: Obama ignored all the strikers in Wisconsin. Obama stood by while they gutted the teachers' union by promoting more charters. So it went both ways, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you dems, fall in love with your demi heroes. Oh, but he gave great such such great press briefings, Ben. Really loved him. Anyway, we're a table oh, there, D. Three table things. <laughs> I'm I'm in Sergio country. Remember the old days back in the studio. Sergio, oh my god, you god drive me nuts, table. drive me crazy.
0: Sergio, please stop with your hands.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh. Manny Ramos of the Chicago Sun-Times. By the way, he remembers us from back in the day, D, when we were at the Bright One. I was talking to him when I set up the interview. He's, I, he goes, yeah. He goes, I remember you guys. They had you in that studio by the bathroom. Yep, that's us by the, the bathroom. The
0: weirdos by the bathroom, right? Oh, Yeah, that's us.
1: Yeah. Pretty much what he said. <laughs> you Weirdos by the bathroom. He wrote an absolutely, a very moving piece uh, in the Sun-Times. I think it ran a couple Sundays ago when I've been meaning to reach out to him. I wanna thank Ramana Hussain for being, making that connection uh, for us. Letter to a Young Lord Remembering Manuel Ramos. Uh, I don't know if you folks have seen the movie uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, but it makes reference, uh, that, that of course tells about the police killing of Fred Hampton, but uh, it makes reference to another police shooting that happened just before Fred Hampton was killed. Manuel Ramos was gunned down by an off-duty police officer in Bridgeport, and that was Manny Ramos's Grandfather, how about that? So, uh, his he obviously wasn't born yet, and uh, he's gone on to become quite a star reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. Very good writer, we'll be talking about the Young Lords, the Black Panthers, uh, his grandfather, and all kinds of things. Who knows? Any bit some political conversation might creep up, but before we get to that, the young man from Alton, the man that Andrew Cuomo fondly calls Dr. Doobie. With
0: the news, <laughs> oh, that's fun. Oh, oh, Ben, sorry, I'm in a uh, Porky's fan group. I was just uh chatting all the members on the uh mention that we were talking about the show today. Love yeah. that movie, I love Porky's. Uh, I, I was just on that fan group about an hour ago. Oh, really? Yeah, Bulls fan 420? That's you? That. <laughs> I knew that one. I had an idea that maybe Corky. <laughs> what a great movie, huh, D? I love it. I love the movie. Uh, all right. Now, Ben, I need you to stop channeling your inner uh, Governor Cuomo and please take the nipple rings out. It's time to get back into Illinois. And now uh, we're going to talk about the news, okay? Uh, my mother, uh, I love her. <laughs> get it and my dog. Uh, that is terrible. Out. Get it out while you can. <laughs> Wait, time out. Let's hear your Cuomo. Uh, you know, this, uh, this uh, government is, uh, you know, hey, I'm doing a good job. Leave me alone.
1: You know, that's pretty damn good it's Heading into Bernie country A little bit at the end Kind of took a turn toward Bernie country But it's pretty damn good Just come on, for old times' sake, just one more time Nursing home, smurcy,
0: nursing home smurcing home. Come on, I'm doing a great job <laughs> Oh, Bernie's <laughs>
1: anyway, that, that sounded like Larry David uh, But whatever It's good, way better than mine, that's for sure $27, okay You know, I love you
0: <laughs> Hey there, Dennis here Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Illinois. Yes, Madigan is officially gone, gone. But first, Governor J.B. Pritzker's Wednesday budget address. I began working on next year's budget by taking executive action to make cuts this year that will have the least impact on services while preventing the need for additional revenue from hardworking families eliminating $700 million in spending in fiscal year 2021 alone. Two months ago, I asked Republicans in the General Assembly for their proposals to close this year's budget deficit. I was met with silence. Apparently, their idea of bipartisanship ends when hard choices must be made. Boom, Republican burn. (laughs) Now, we're going to the Chicago Tribune, Jenny Whidden. Uh, the, the Chicago Tribune's Jenny Widdon for the details. Jenny gave us her five big takeaways from Governor Pritzker's budget address, and we're going to read them. But first, disclaimer, I, Producer Dennis, Dr. D, Dr. Doobie, Dr. Ski, D-Nice, White Lightning, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> i have the slightest idea of what about 60 percent of any of this means okay so just a little disclaimer there all right <laughs> but we're gonna go Gee, through can i just say something yes
1: you're right there with all the rest of them durkin doesn't know big boy darren bailey doesn't know even pritzker Yeah, <laughs> throwing numbers around hey let's take any old number and throw it out there and all these poor reporters will so dutifully can- hold on what was that number again like it's real i'm oh, gonna get my shirt sure. Just make up your numbers. They're doing it.
0: Sorry, Dave didn't mean to go there. go ahead. But hey, I can fully understand number one of our five takeaways from Governor J.B Pritzker's Wednesday budget address. No state income tax hike. Now at first, this comes as a surprise until you realize, Oh, yeah, that's right. J.B. Pritzker is about to run for re-election. That is correct. Despite previous (laughs) warnings from Pritzker and his administration that voters' rejection of his graduated rate income tax would lead to higher income taxes, Pritzker's plan would keep the flat rate income tax at 4.95%. Additionally, the plan doesn't propose any increased fees or taxes on items such as cigarettes or gasoline. Uh, Yeah, come on, guys. You know what they say about Pritzker. You know what Pritzker says
1: about himself. I may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. So you think J.B. Pritzker is going to be so dumb as to give Jimmy Durgan and Darren Big Boy Bailey and Man Cow. Mm -hmm. cow. (laughs) Isn't he still running D? And the Chicago Tribune editorial board and all those other Republicans in the state of Illinois. Some ammunition to use against him by raising the uh, income tax. If you thought that, you were wrong. It's a little too smart to do that, and I don't blame him. It's politics, D. Yes, this he- is what they. This is what they call a uh, a punt budget, P U N T, where you just put off until tomorrow the stuff you don't want to do today. And listen. You had your opportunity, state of Illinois, to raise the rates on the richest people, keep the rates flat on you. You rejected it. So now these are the consequences of the fair tax going down. Told you it was going to happen this way, but Pritzker's too smart, politically smart, D, to raise taxes on absolutely everybody Uh, a year before the election. A year, D, it's still a year out before the election. Just imagine what next year's budget's gonna be like. That'll be a real uh, election year budget. This is the pre-election budget, the budget before the budget. Ricky Hennon always talked about the meeting, before the meeting, before the meeting. One of my favorite Ricky Hennon quotes. Anyway, so yes, D, no income tax. He's not gonna fall for that with those
0: Republicans. I was born at night, but not last night. A very popular phrase from J.B. Pritzker. Also, let us not forget. I'm not a perfect person. (laughs) <laughs> wait time out can we give credit where credit is due i think uncle eldon was the one who
1: came up with that one i got it from you it's really hard for me to say too i have to think you know that dyslexic <laughs> kicks in all right hold on born at night but i gotta really sound it out you know born at night but not last night it just flows off of your tongue it's so easy for you got that gift man me and i'm like okay wait a minute
0: i know he's born at night but wasn't last night and, you know, uh, just an observation here. I've worked with you for about four years now. Uh, we've done several budget addresses together. Has there ever not been a punt budget? It seems like every single one of these is just a punt budget address or something. That's what they are. The, um,
1: th- that's a very astute observation. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not alone in making it. Let's give a little shout out to Mark Brown. Mark, I take the hill 15 times Brown, wrote a very good essay in today's uh, Chicago Sun-Times, I urge you to read it. But he, he was talking about the same thing, D. It's like, a, I wish I had it in front of me to quote. It's like, well, let's put off until tomorrow what we can't do today. And that's, that's, that's what they are. Now, every now and then, I'll tell you, the maestro of this was uh, Richie M. Daly. Like after he had, Mayor Daly after he would get elected that first year, you look, oh, <laughs> taxes go up. You know, then you got three years to write. Like last year's budget wasn't a punt budget. Last year's budget with J.B. Pritzker was that first budget. You know, like I got three years to uh, live this one down. And this year probably wouldn't have been as much of a punt budget, except one, fair tax went down, two, uh, the COVID hit us. And uh, so I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. So the obvious way to get out of it is to raise taxes, but no, 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 not going to do that. No, no, no. that means it's a ne- <laughs> Negatory. Because that would mean that for the next year uh, going forth, uh, that's all we would hear from uh, big boy, Darren Bailey. You know, the, the great minds of the Republican Party in the state of Illinois Rob Bogovic, Darren Bailey, uh, Mary Miller. Uh, from uh you know down her husband so uh chris miller so you know no that's uh this is he you're right this is a classic punt budget because he doesn't want to raise
0: taxes all right that was number 1 Takeaway from Pritzker's budget address on Wednesday: no state income tax hike. On to number two. Once again, this comes from the Chicago Tribune and one Jenny. What's this lady's name? Jenny? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I'll I'll mention it a little later. Witten. Witten. Thank you, Jenny Witten Number two: closing corporate tax loopholes or massive tax increase. There's a question mark at the end. The plan takes aim at several tax policies that Pritzker agreed to in 2019 to gain Republican support for his last budget proposal. The changes encompass $932 million in what the governor calls, quote, corporate tax loopholes. The largest of the additional revenue shares being a $100,000 cap on corporate operating loss deductions, producing an estimated $314 million. The proposal was a direct jab at Republicans who led the successful fight against Pritzker's graduated rate income tax plan and was quickly denounced by business interests. The Illinois Chamber of Commerce called it a, quote, massive tax increase that would have a long-term negative impact Act on job creation and tax revenue for the state all right
1: that was a good uh, good point that uh, jenny witten made yes it was a counterpunch
0: springfield uh,
1: politician <laughs> phyllis <laughs> phyllis now how many times have we told you phyllis your time what has come and gone all right now i know you applied for that internship to work under d and learn how to run the board but there's a lot of other applicants and so sorry about that know, everybody I accidentally hit the phyllis it. button i thought phyllis called under the show but anyway, yes, uh, the powers of be in the state of Illinois uh, defeated, uh, ganged up to defeat uh, the fair tax. Didn't take much. People in Illinois were very, you know, just very skeptical about that fair tax. I think it was uh, Monroe Anderson who put it best. Uh, they just have no trust whatsoever in state government. <laughs> they just figure that the, the tax uh, on them would be coming in the uh, future years. So they didn't buy it when uh, lefties like me tried to uh, encourage them to raise the um, uh, the tax on the highest earners in the state of Illinois. Uh, so as a result, Pritchard said, okay, you didn't want to raise your income taxes. I got to figure out a way to, uh, 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 clo- uh, to bring more money in, uh, to pay for these bills that we have. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna close that little loophole we gave you. And then they're mad, oh, it's not a loophole. <laughs> It's not a loophole. Loopholes, loophole is what you get away with. This is not a loophole. This is an investment in business. So yeah, they're eliminating the amount of money you can deduct from the losses you take. I Man, that's an accountant's game. That's why big companies hire accountants. You know how in the old days with movies, D? Like, you could have the most successful movie in the world. Everybody would go to see, but when the Hollywood accountants got done with it, and the money, didn't, the movie didn't make any money. Oh, it's amazing how that happened. It it actually lost money. Somehow or other that happened. So, yeah, Pritzker knows how the game is played, and he is just, yeah, he's snatching that cash away from the Illinois Chamber's Commerce types. You fought me on fair tax? Oh, well, I warned you. So, you know, I don't think there's anybody in the city of Chicago crying about this, or not many people. Few Republicans on the Gold Coast may be crying. Pritzker's neighbors, they're the ones crying, but nobody else.
0: Springfield politicians They promise they won't tax retirement Income if their constitutional amendment Passes there I purposely Hit the Phyllis
1: button Thank you by the way have you gotten back to her yet on that internship She's really bothering you know She keeps calling she wants that internship
0: No no I've officially just uh, avoided All of her emails and phone calls On to our third takeaway from Governor Pritzker's budget address on Wednesday Number three federal COVID-19 relief keeps on giving Federal pandemic aid will provide $9.9 billion toward the bottom line. Pritzker's plan would direct $3 billion to education funding, primarily for K-12 schools, $3.5 billion toward the state's coronavirus relief fund, $1 billion to the Department of Public Health, $1 billion to airports and highways, and $450 million to to child care, the proposal does not count on any additional federal pandemic stimulus money, although the governor continues to call for federal aid package uh, now being debated in Washington to include money for state and local governments whose coffers were undermined by the pandemic. Yes.
1: And by the way, if you want to see a miraculous turnaround in terms of the state's budgeting needs, you will see it if More federal dollars come to Illinois. And uh, the reality is, is that the federal government at this moment of crisis, we'll probably get into this with the city as well in a little while, Uh, the city and the state with uh, tax revenues falling, uh, with people really hard up, with expenses rising because of the uh, pandemic, they're really relying dependent on the feds to bail them out. But right now, much of that aid is limited uh, to pandemic spending. So that's where the money's going to go. If they get a more generous handout uh, from the, um, the Biden administration, D, and Biden's able to get that through Congress, jubilation will reign in Springfield. And suddenly he'll be uh, next year's budget. You'll hear what a, what a master of the budget process J.B. Pritzker is that he figured all this out. He worked his connections in uh, Washington. You're going to hear a lot about that. That was always the thing about Rahm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, uh, well, he's got all those connections in Washington and he gets along with Republicans. So that's something else that they tell us about Dems going back to a- Andrew Cuomo in New York. They're so resourceful and they're so pragmatic. Well, we're going to hear a lot of that from uh, Governor Pritzker in the coming months if Biden's able to get that uh, more assistance to the states and the cities. And we'll hear the same thing from Lori Lightfoot. They'll all be like, whew, wiping their brows because they dodged a bullet. You got to figure out how to raise the money uh, to pay for their obligations. And uh, if the feds don't kick in, that means what? Either raising taxes on everybody or raising taxes on the wealthy. They don't want to do that because those are their friends and major sponsors. So fees and fines. And... But I give Prince of Credit, man. I have to give him credit, D. He snatched back that little corporate handout from last year's budget. Took it back said, "Okay guys, you kill my fair tax, I'm going to kill your little corporate giveaway." Now they're crying. <laughs> Nobody's crying with you, chamber of commerce types. Okay? Nobody's crying.
0: Nobody nobody feels sorry for you at all. 3 down, two more to go. Our fourth takeaway from JB Pritzker's budget address on Wednesday. Education funding again fails to meet required threshold. In a repeat of last year's budget, Pritzker's proposal would keep school funding level with the previous fiscal year at $7.2 billion. The 2017 rewrite of the state school aid funding formula calls for an increase of $350 million each year over the next several years to reach adequate funding by 2027. Since the current state budget held education funding flat from the prior year, Another year without an increase would put the state $700 million behind its goal.
1: Yeah, well, that's a lot of numbers, but uh, the bottom line is this. They made it an obligation to kick in $350 million more every year, and they're not meeting it. And uh, that is the part of this budget that bothers me the most. because Everybody knows this. I'm a big fund education guy. And it's just so interesting how everybody believes in the importance of education, but really don't wanna pay for it. You know, all those uh, corporate uh, titans, the leaders of the Illinois Chamber of Commerce crying, they're crying the loudest, they're sobbing the loudest because they're taking away that loophole that enables them to write off more of their losses. Crying over that. Not a word out of them out of the education cuts. That's interesting. And finally, Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. No, and then, but this is the this is the uh, this is the assistance that Pritzker is really banking on. Guarantee you, he's hoping that Biden comes through with money, more money for schools. That's what this whole reopen the school uh, talk from uh, Biden is all about. So he's hoping that by next year's budget. And that will be the real election year budget day because it'll be released. Just think about where we'll be. It'll be February of 2022. I presume nobody will run against Pritzker in the Democratic primary. I doubt that. So, uh, but it'll be just months before. Who, Darren Bailey, Mancow, Shemp, <laughs> whoever the Republican nominee is, uh, will be running against him. I guarantee you they'll fa- figure out some way Somehow or other, they'll magically figure out a way uh, to restore most of that education funding.
0: I got a feeling Willie Wilson will come into the conversation eventually.
1: Yes, but will he be running as an independent or a Republican?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, he does have or that Willie Wilson hat. party.
1: Oh, he'll stick with that. Yeah. Yeah, that gives it because if he runs as a Democrat, uh, then he'll lose to Pritzker in the primary. Uh, but if he runs as an independent, he'll be around for the general election and then it'll be a really threat. Uh, or He'll be perceived as a threat. I don't think he will really be a threat uh, to Pritzker's reelection chances.
0: All right. It's time for our fifth and final takeaway from J.B. Pritzker's budget address on Wednesday. Current budget is balanced through borrowing. While Pritzker's bills plan uh, while Pritzker bills his plan as his third balanced budget proposal, the current state budget, which he signed into law last June, is only balanced owing two billion dollars the state borrowed from the Federal Reserve in December. The funds borrowed from the bank's municipal li- liquid. <laughs> <laughs> <Good job. laughs> Easy for you to say. The Municipal Liquidity Facility Program uh, are due for repayment over the next three years. Through Those $690 million is due for the upcoming fiscal year. Pritzker's proposal would prepay that amount during the current year, a move that helps bring his latest budget proposal into balance. All right. There we go.
1: <laughs> what did I just read?
0: Give that guy a raise for just
1: having to read that. This is classic budget talk. Nobody knows what any of that means, you know, but they got to put it in the newspaper anyway. And eh, just throw that budget jargon in the newspaper. This D is why we call this a punt budget. This is classic. Just borrow the money, you know, Well, budget's supposed to be balanced. And so I'll bounce uh, that is like a, a game of financial wizardry anyway. It's all projections, so you make the projections in such a way as to be able to claim that you have a balanced budget. Ultimately, you're borrowing more money because you don't want to tax the people at this moment. You know, So better kick the can down the road. That's another way of doing it, of saying it. I call it the punt budget. Some people call it Rahm, Rahm Emanuel. It. They kick the can. We're never going to kick the can down the road. I mean, the guy was borrowing like crazy every year. It's like Bernie made up. Moving this here, moving that there. By the way, I found uh, Mark Brown's... Uh, excellent column right here i'm going to read to you which will probably explain that uh passage that you just read uh lord knows that was written in some language other than english all right here we go um Uh, Pritzker, amid the backdrop of a global pandemic, presented a budget for the new fiscal year that looks very much like the budgets Illinois governors have been presenting for decades. It's a live-to-fight-another-day budget, a budget that, if adopted, should allow state governments to survive until next year, which not coincidentally will be an election year when we can do it all over again. It's a budget that doesn't fix the state's structural deficit, the gap between what the state takes in and what it spends, but is that it doesn't seem to make it much worse either. In other words, punt. That's it. <laughs> and uh, but next year, D, I think next year, magically, with the assistance, if all goes well, of the Biden administration, JB Pritzker will be will be presenting a balanced budget with more money for public schools. No state, uh, definitely no state tax hikes <laughs> guarantee you that uh and everybody will be proclaiming him the maestro the master of the budgetary
0: process all right now i do have uh the republican responses uh from Ooh. the budget address but honestly i'm a little sick of talking about this story so let's just move on all right maybe we'll surprise uh they think they're hippies all right boom done all right here we go <laughs> wait can i just
1: sum up their surprise their their comments? <laughs> sure sure here we go I will now combine all the comments that I read from Illinois Chamber of Commerce, uh, state representative, Jim Durkin, dare state Senator, dare big boy, Bailey, uh, and a bunch of other Republicans. Ready? Here we go. It synthesizes as this. That is correct. (laughs) Cry, cry,
0: cry. Yeah. Like I said, it's kind of sick of talking about it. So let's move on here. Uh, Hey, it's today's top story in Illinois. Michael Madigan is stepping down. Say what? I thought he already stepped down. Yes, he did. (laughs) But he did it again. (laughs) About, About a month ago, long, 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 long time, Democratic Illinois House Speaker Michael Joseph Madigan became former House Speaker Michael Joseph Madigan after he was voted out by his fellow Democratic colleagues and E.C.W. Emmanuel Chris Welch was selected to take his place. But Madigan wasn't only the Speaker of the House. He also had a House seat, a very important one. Ben, before we go any further, walk us through the many roles of Michael Joseph Madigan. All right. I've I've already had this conversation a couple of times today with people uh, who
1: have said to me, wait a minute. I thought he already quit. Well, he didn't really quit. He was the House Speaker, and he was running for re-election as House Speaker, and that is an election that's conducted by the other state reps, the other uh, Democratic state reps uh, in uh, uh, the General Assembly. He couldn't marshal enough to win, and so he stepped aside, and Chris Welch was elected Speaker, but he was still a state rep, remember, you can't just be a speaker; you have to also be a state rep. And uh, so, anyway, he was still a state rep, and uh, this has been predicted. I think the bright one had this one first. I think it was the Sun Times. Uh, they noted, or maybe it was Shia Kapos. I can't remember. I don't want to give. I don't want to uh, not give the right person credit, but somebody said he's uh, he had given up his apartment in Springfield. Remember that when that story broke, leading to speculation that perhaps he's going to step down. Yes, state representative from his seat in the 22nd district on the southwest side of Chicago. Back to you, Dennis. And uh, that was my imitation of the many news people talking about. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm live here from Springfield. Where? Sorry. Yeah, that's how they do it. They go, I'm standing in the corner of Jones and Billy Bob Street in downtown Springfield. We just got word that Michael Madigan has given up his apartment. Again, we've not been able to confirm this, but we heard about it. Heard it from a man who heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. You've been messing around. Oh, wait a minute. That was a song I heard last night on the radio. Back to you,
0: Dennis. Live here in Springfield, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, The following comes from the Chicago (laughs) Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. The headline reads, former Speaker Michael Madigan resigns state House seat. Former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan announced Thursday he will resign the seat he's held for a half a century at the end of the month. In a lengthy statement, Madigan said it was an honor to quote serve the people of Illinois as Speaker of the House and State Representative of the 22nd District, and took aim at the quote vicious attacks by people who quote sought to diminish my many achievements, lifting up the working people of Illinois. Oh, gig me! All right. <laughs> More from Madigan. More from Madigan. Fifty years ago, I decided to dedicate my life to public service. Simply put. I knew I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I believe then and still do today that it is our duty as public servants to improve the lives of the most vulnerable and help hardworking people build a good life. These ideals have been the cornerstone of my work on behalf of the people of Illinois and the driving force throughout my time in the Illinois house. Seriously, gag me, Madigan. No, stop it. Madigan said Madigan Madigan's not done. You're interrupting Madigan now. How rude. Sorry, Sorry, my dog. Madigan said he was, quote, particularly proud of the work of the House Democratic Caucus to increase the diversity of voices in the House to, quote, include more women, people of color and members of the LGBTQ community. He said, quote, in my tenure as Illinois House speaker, we work to elect representatives across all backgrounds and beliefs to truly represent the interests of the people of our state. The new speaker, who was handpicked by Madigan, Emmanuel Chris Welch, weighed in. He spoke on Madigan's resignation. ECW said about Madigan, quote. Under him, we've had strong, sustained democratic leadership in Springfield, uh, Welch said, highlighting some legislative accomplishments like legalizing same-sex marriage and abolishing the death penalty. Welch went on to say that we must now build on that with a new generation of leadership focused on racial and gender equity in all dimensions, improving government transparent, uh, transparency and leading with the kind of conviction, compassion and cooperation expected by our constituents. Welch's statement continued, saying, I truly appreciate his contributions, and I join Illinoisans across the state in wishing him well. All right, now enough of the sentimental stuff. Let's talk turkey. Now, I'm sure most of you listening remember Madigan Gate. If not, well, it was the time back in July of 2020 when utility bigwigs ComEd admitted to arranging jobs, contracts, and payoffs to the associates of one Michael Joseph Madigan. Madigan essentially called the allegations horsepucky and did what damn near every Democrat did when they were in a tough position between the years 2016 and 2020. Blame Donald Trump. It's surprise, <laughs> It worked for a while. After the news, the levy broke for a lot of Illinois Democrats. That was enough. All right. And Madigan's own Democratic colleagues, including Governor J.B. Pritzker, were asking for the resignation of Michael Madigan from both of his positions if the allegations were true. So, Ben Jarofsky, I pose this question to you. And I know politicians, unions, and organizations are sentimental right now and getting all teary-eyed with their We Love Mike Madigan press releases. It's doing a great job of distracting us from the reality that uh, this guy was pretty greasy. Don't mean to get all Jim Durkin on all of you here, but (laughs) Madigan has stepped down from both of his uber-powerful positions. So... That means the ComEd Madigan-A- Madigangate allegations are true, right?
1: Okay, I'm now going to tell you what I told you a month ago, what I told you two months ago, and what I told you three months ago. They're not allegations! It was a confession! <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? They confessed to bribing him. That's what they confessed to. I didn't do it. Don't blame me. It was ComEd. The real question is, why did they do it? They could have gotten their legislation passed anyway. It's just the kind of way that things go in this state. You know, Republican-like entities like Commonwealth Edison, they, like, they really like all powerful Democrats. They figure, well, keep, they're the ones who keep the rabble in line. Why do you think the comrades of the world love Richie Daly so much? Why do you think they love Rahm Emanuel so much? Why do you think they love Lori Lightfoot so much? Keep that rabble in line, you know. Tell that teachers' union, shut up. Get shut up, Stacey Davis Gates. So that's why they're useful. That's why they hire them for like their property property tax. They, what they didn't mention in all this is that Michael Joseph Madigan ran a very uh, successful property tax business, appeals business. You come to Michael Joseph Madigan, you're a landlord downtown, you go, look, I need to lower my tax, uh, the amount I'm taxed at so I can pay less in taxes. He goes, don't worry, I'm a brilliant, I'm a maestro at this, like he ever did any of the work. He had like a bunch of clerks and lawyers doing it. But they saw that name, that law firm, (laughs) actually probably didn't even take that. As i said many times, Dennis and I could run a property tax appeal business not that complicated. But he, uh, it was a, a very lucrative business uh, that he ran. And all these powerful Republican landlords would hire him, you know? And that was how they curried favor. And in response, he, would be, he was supposed to bury progressive legislation that they didn't like. And it was really hard to get progressive legislation through the General Assembly. Just think about an elected school board, which doesn't cost rich people money, but they don't want it because that's less power for the mayor and p- potentially more power for the, the, the teachers union. Just think at the very many ways that they've managed to bury that bill while acting as though they're doing something about the bill. So they can't re- Mark Wick, our, our good friend Rob Martwick from the Northwest side would introduce it. It would pass the house. Then it would die in the Senate. One time it passed the Senate. They kicked it back to the house. Somehow or other, Michael Madigan didn't get together to do what he had to do to pass it in the house. It dies. <laughs> so it goes on and on. That's, that's why they love him so much. They figure he'll take care of that real hippie dippy stuff that Ben Jurassic likes. You know what I mean? He'll bury that. You know, taxes on rich people. How about a, a LaSalle Street tax? My good friend, Sam Holloway, the firefighter, uh, has been talking about that for years. No, nope, not gonna happen. So that was Michael Madigan's role. And then, D, what happened? He's very shrewd. He saw that uh, as he was losing strength in downstate areas, uh, in rural areas, he was becoming more and more dependent on the votes from chicagoans and to get those votes he had to move to the left on social issues so you know gay marriage uh, abortion rights you know so he he became a champion of that stuff near the end of his term and he did it uh, I mean let's be honest He did it because his caucus was demanding him to do that and he took care of his caucus. That was the number one thing he had to do. So I have a hard time uh, joining the chorus of people who are uh, weeping at the uh, departure of Michael Madigan. Uh, At the same time, I have a hard time joining the chorus of Republicans who are cheering it. Like their party isn't sleazy. Like their party isn't dedicated to bullies who uh, take advantage of all of the loopholes in government to make themselves rich and more, richer and more powerful. Like they, they only condemn it when it's Michael Joseph Madigan. He was a useful tool for them. He, he ultimately became disposable because he was so unpopular downstate that all Republicans had to do was to link a Democrat to Michael Madigan. even if there was no real link at all, and uh, that Democrat was going uphill. Heidi Henry came on the show. Marie Briel came on the show. They talked about how difficult it is to run uh, against a candidate uh, who is throwing Michael Madigan at you. Even if you're a, a, like a lefty Democrat like Heidi Henry and you have no connection to Michael Madigan at all. So, D, you know, it's a mixed. And I have to add, I will always, however this is my weak spot for Michael Joseph Madigan appreciate the role he played in defending uh, collective bargaining rights in the state of Illinois when Bruce Rauner was the governor and Bruce Rauner was, this is where the Republicans are such frauds. Bruce Rauner would not pass a budget for four years because he was trying to extort concessions from the Democrats and Madigan wouldn't budge. So, I salute you, Michael Joseph Madigan, for standing up on behalf of the unions those four years. And that's why I kept flip-flopping, D. Am I on the bus? Am I off the bus? You know what? Now with everybody saying how happy they are, he's gone. I'm going back on the bus. That's great, but the bus left
0: like three months
1: ago, dude. So. (laughs) oh man, Damn, don't you just hate when that happens? Miss
0: the bus. Michael Joseph Madigan.
1: What if he's going to keep the property tax business going? Now, they talked about he stepped down from his statehouse seat. He stepped down as speaker. He's still the up By the way, don't forget this. He's still the chairman of the Democratic Party in the state of Illinois. Pretty powerful guy. And he's going to have a hand in determining who his successor is. Pretty powerful guy. So we've not heard the last one. Michael Joseph Madigan.
0: Damn. It'd <laughs> be great if we did. Uh, all right. Now, we, we saw tons of quotes here. If you follow the news, you saw statements, uh, quotes, everything from organizations, political leaders, so much. Uh, our good friend on the live stream chat, Ro, she raises an interesting question. Out of all of these quotes and statements, where the hell's Lisa Madigan?
1: <laughs> that is a great question. And, you know, Ro, let me just go on a little tangent here uh, Lisa Madigan of course is Michael Joseph Madigan's daughter uh, had tremendous bright prospects as an up and coming politician in the state of Illinois she was a state senator from the north side of Chicago she was my state senator D, many many years ago from that she became attorney general uh, and she was always the talk was that she was next in line to run for governor but that she couldn't run for governor as long as her father was the speaker yes that makes sense you know, only in Chicago where we like would be endlessly reelecting people named daily with that go, which you could, you get away with that, but you, you couldn't get away with that in, in Illinois. All right. But he wouldn't step down to help her. I could never understand that. You know, maybe I'm just a sentimental papa. I, my kids are number one. Uh, I, you want your kids to triumph, you know, at some point you step aside, and, but uh, D. Uh, yeah, you know, he's cuffed. Me. <laughs> That's the one thing about. There were many things about Madigan uh, that you, you know he wasn't that complicated of a fellow. But the one thing I never understood is why he would block his own daughter from achieving what looked to be like her goal uh, to be governor. So uh, Roe is right; she has stepped away from the limelight. I don't. I don't hear her name mentioned uh, for office anymore. I don't know what she's doing. I'm sure, I presume she's practicing law somewhere. She is a lawyer, but yes, a lot of silence. Uh, Lisa Madigan. I can, every year, D. She was going to be running for governor from the time. I think there was even talk in 2006 that she might challenge uh, Bogoyevich. I mean, it just seems like it was an annual thing. Will Lisa Madigan run for governor? And and then followed by, but of course, her all. Powerful Papa will have to step down as House Speaker. Not gonna happen. So, don't understand that one, Deep. Every year, I'm sick of it. Every <laughs> year, we give power to one person. That would be Congressman Michael Bose when he was a state rep, and he was through the papers in the air. He was so mad at all the power he was giving Madigan, but all the power given Emperor Trump. Well, that's a different story, Ben.
0: That feller's happy today. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: I'm sick of I don't know. every. Gear, yeah! we give power to one person.
0: I don't know, D. It's like
1: yes, Madigan's gone, but on the other hand, Madigan helped him get to where he is. So part of him is like, damn. Now, who am I going to bash Dennis? I think I'll bash that Dr. D every year. No, I'm gonna... <laughs> every year, that awesome. podcast.
0: I'm sick of Dr. D. <laughs> That's skiing. All right. <laughs> so, yes, once again, Mike Madigan has resigned again. Again. <laughs> right, well, He didn't go to jail, but. Yeah, he didn't go to jail. All right. Just not knock it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I guess it's budget week here on the Ben Jarofsky show. Earlier, we highlighted the state of Illinois's financial plan moving ahead of a worldwide pandemic. But what about the spending habits of our elected leaders right here in Chicago, and mainly from our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot? Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) and after our interview with Manny Ramos, we're going to be talking more about it. And everybody, it's episode 336 of everyone's favorite daily Chicago political soap opera. A mayor and her alderman.
1: I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. <laughs> if you think we're <laughs> more effective,
0: fuck you Okay, then, you two.
1: Who are you going to <clears throat> tell me I'm full of
0: shit? Come on, we, we're all adults here. That's going to be coming gotta up after reach out to Raylo <laughs> got to reach things to do. Got to reach out to Raylo. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. Uh, a mayor and her alderman. The latest episode is going to be coming up a little later on in the back half of the program. We're going to take a quick break, but remember you can download previous Ben Jarovsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at Chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Over 900 episodes of this show, all right? Go check uh, some shows out that you may have missed. And also, uh, subscribe to the Chicago Reader. Become a Ben Head. Yeah, that's what we're calling avid fans of this program these days. Ben Head. Are you a Ben Head? Go to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky to learn more and help the Ben Jarofsky Show. Also, Ben has a book coming out. His greatest hits from the Chicago Reader over 40 years <laughs> 40 years. What is this thing? Like 3,000 pages? Uh, so much coverage from Ben's time at the Chicago Reader. It's his greatest hits. Uh, for more information on that, once again, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky You can reach us on uh, social media. <laughs> Good God. I'm 37. Uh, you can I reach us- started before he was born. Folks, measure my
1: career by looking at Dr. D. That's my career. It, and that's just the one in Chicago.
0: There was the one before that. Ah, this guy is old, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> 40 years. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, so you can find us on social media, at Benny J. Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J. Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Benny Show at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from if you'd like us to read your comment on the air. And you can call The Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true, 708-658-4788. The number again is 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Don't go anywhere. The Ben Jarofsky Show will be right back, and when we return, Sun Times writer Manny Ramos.